do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. Listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. Recording in progress. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. And then it asked me, Are you, we're going to record it now, is that okay? It's like, yes, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Thank you, though, Zoom. That's, Thanks, Zoom. That's, Love you. <laughs> they hey, just, girl. How the hell are you? I'm good. They just had to have a female voice talking to us, didn't they? I mean, first we get A-L-E-X-A, which I can't say out loud. And then we have S-I-R-I, which, again, I'm not going to say out loud because you never know where they're at and whether or not they're listening. So I assume they're listening all the time. <laughs> I do too. It's my assumption that there's no such thing as privacy anymore. That's because there's no such thing as privacy. There is not. <laughs> I remember trying to explain oh. that to the web clients. You know, and I remember my dad and me having that big long discussion about it back before he died. He really didn't want to be on the internet at all. He didn't want an email address or anything. And I kept telling him, Dad, you're already on the internet. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, no. And, and I tell him, yes, you are. And I remember taking him and showing him the house at terrasat.com, which was later, later became Google Maps. And then he gave in right. and he got on the Internet. <laughs> so. How funny. Yeah. What's well, a weird feeling, though? Oh, my though. gosh. So did you get well, girl, any... How's, weird, how's everything over to Weird Mountain? You the... were up there yesterday. I did, and the plants are doing okay on the porch. The heat's getting to them. I'll probably stop by there tomorrow morning when I'm on the way. I've got to go pick up some computer equipment tomorrow morning. So I'll probably stop over there and water everything and check everything. And You know, uh, the groundhog seems to have disappeared. Can't believe I'm saying that. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to knock on wood. Yeah. Make sure that that's true, but yeah. I've got uh, I've got my buddy Arjuna coming uh, next month. He's gonna do some work down in the basement, and I'm gonna have him repair that door oh. and put a big old metal a plate kick on plate. it. Yeah, a kick plate on yeah. both sides of it. Very smart. In case they dig in from somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's inc- that's smart. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> they well, asked for it. I'm trying to be at least as smart as a damn groundhog. <laughs> I uh, I think that the groundhog excuse me groundhogs are working on the yard man's brain because oh no yeah well I had a conversation with him not too long ago and you know musicians tend to name things that if they hear a turn of phrase they'll say that ought to be a band name you know and you know how you've heard <laughs> me say oh that ought to be on a t-shirt or you know, that kind of thing. Well, he's come up with a band name that he really likes. The Belligerent Groundhogs. Hey, I like <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Are you going to release an album with a band name, The Belligerent Groundhogs? 
So. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a great idea, actually. Yeah. Well, not not to uh, make you cringe, but the very second we are done with the cards, we need to get on the album and the cookbook. Oh, I was. I'm. A, I've already started working on the cookbook a little bit. I know you have, and the album is something that I've been talking with Selby about some some things and once I get them more straight in my mind I'll I'll bring them to your attention but I think we'll be able to to do that maybe even easier than you might expect it's just a different world than it was 10 years ago when it comes to recording nowadays oh yeah oh it definitely is yeah well I, it'll be fun to do um you know, we were down, I was down in uh, New Orleans this past weekend, mm -hmm. and uh, the final ceremony for this uh, conference, there was a fellow who was a, you know, he's a historian and a musician and all that stuff, Yeah. and he sang this beautiful West African song that had moved over the centuries with the, with the slave trade into Haiti and then into New Orleans. And then his theory is that it morphed into a uh, uh, motherless child. And then it went on up the Appalachians and it became Wayfair and Stranger. Oh. Now, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure his history is right on all of that. Okay. But what, what we did was, so he sang the West African song and then he sang the Haitian version. And then his wife sang motherless child and then me and cassie hey cassie me and cassie sang wayfair and stranger oh cool and then they did it as a kind of a round and it was so beautiful it just opened the whole place up wow that does so, sound and, amazing and people came up to us afterwards oh that was so beautiful because the other singers were in a focal point you know they were everybody could see them and Cassie and I were way back in the corner, and we just kind of, you know, set our feet and, and sung big and loud. There you go. Uh, and it was it was fun. So, yeah, I'm ready to cut an album anytime you are. I told Cassie she needed to come up and help us. Oh, I would love that. I'm just so excited about it. I bought a book. I wanted to ask your opinion about it because you know... That I've, that I've never read cards before. But I do know a tiny little bit about them. Just, just the most basic things about them. So I went ahead and got this little book, and it's one of these basic explanatory things about this is, this is how Tarot works. I haven't opened it yet because I wanna know if you think that's a good idea. Or should I just let this divinator deck, or excuse me, revelator deck, be the thing that teaches me? Uh, did you go away? Nope. Oh, okay. It was sounded like there was a weird click, and I thought well, I'd lost you. Oh, that's probably um, just a CIA or something, no big deal. <laughs> probably. I am a total iconoclast when it comes to that. Okay. Uh, I don't think you should read the book. I mean, you can read the book and get a general idea of what, what the book says the cards mean. Yeah. 
But I think you have to work with cards one after another. I always, I recommend to my students, when I have students, that you need to just um, start with the major arcana if you're doing a, a standard tarot deck mm -hmm. and just take it card by card and figure out, looking at it, what the card means. Okay. Because you have, because the card has a different meaning whether it's right side up or upside down. Mm -hmm. It has a different meaning depending on where in the layout it is. It may have a different meaning depending on what cards are around it. And if you do the math on the 78 cards and the possibilities of all that, it's just, it would be, unless you were one of those people that just memorizes instantly, um, you, you just wouldn't be able to do it. Okay. So it's better, rather than, a lot of times people rely on the book, and, they, and they'll lay down three cards, and then they look up the three cards to see what they mean. When I think, and this is just me, I think what they need to do is spend time with the cards so that the cards and they imprint on each other. Okay. Nope, and that's then, what I'll do. And, and go from there. That, that, has just, that seems to work better for mm -hmm. people because a lot of times people get, they get chained to the book. Yeah. And then, they, and then they find they can't really read without having a book nearby to tell them what it is they're doing. So, but again, that's just me. That's the way I do it. So if it works for you to read the book, then by all means, read the book and figure it all out and get on it. That'd well, be great. See, if I read the book, and this is why I haven't read it yet. Because my, I wanted to. I wanted to just dig in. But at the last minute, I kind of thought, well, if I read the book, it'll turn into a subject. And the subject what is some, well, a different part of my brain will work with it. Uh, it. And what I need to do instead of using my brain is to use my intuition. So my thought on it is it's kind of going to be like music. I had this huge problem for years when I got out of formal music and went into street music, if you will, or, or non-formal music or whatever you want to call it. And that is, I was so busy trying to perfect it and make it perfect that I forgot to feel it. And so my voice had this dead quality to it. And I, that, that doesn't work if you're trying to convey an emotional message to folks with music. And so what you have to do is relax into the song, into the music, and and then it happens. And you don't you don't worry about did I did I slide into that note a little flat. You don't worry about oh I'm holding my voice my mouth open weird. You just you just do it. You just express the song. And I think that maybe when it comes to cards I need to not use my brain so much and just do what you said, sit with them and see if we can see if we imprint somehow because if any deck is going to do that with me, it'll be this deck because I will be sitting with it and studying it and working with it and helping helping to create it. So, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm really interested. Yeah. Yeah. I don't well, I, 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 
I've been making notes about that. I'm working on the booklet now that goes with the, the Revelator. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you're making me think about when I was still playing the piano, which I haven't done in years, I, there was the, when you're learning the piece and you're looking at the sheet music, um, then you are being very technical, trying to get all the notes in, and, and that's all. And then you try to get them at the speed they need to be. And then, for me anyway, once I memorized a piece of music, then I could allow myself to kind of feel my way through it and into it. But until then, it was still sort of a, a rote exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounded okay. All the notes were there, and if it was in four four, then it was in four four. But um, but it wasn't until I had it memorized that I could really. Then I felt like my fingers and those piano keys were right. together. Right. That I totally get. That I do. Yeah. We were talking about music and being in tune and you were saying that you had been thinking about it about the subject oh yeah well I've I've been thinking about a lot of things because you know I was I was in and out of airports traveling and um and had time you know to think when I was sitting at my table stuff like that so I've just been thinking about a lot of things I've been thinking about the CD, I've been thinking about how much I like to sing, but I'm still kind of um, insecure about it or mm. unsure of myself about it. And that probably just means I need to sing more and devil to take the hindmost. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. That's, that's, I've been thinking about I've been a lot of thinking. Yeah. Well, I've been real curious because I know that you, you've been extremely cautious and you've Every time I've seen you or talked to you, it seems to me like you're taking good precautions. But when you travel, this is really, the, these last few weeks have been the first time that you are starting to get back to your old schedule. Does it wig you out just a little bit? Are you, or are, did you just slide right back into it, no big deal? Uh, no, it... It had me terrified last week. Uh, terrified is way too big a word. But I had not flown in probably, well, since uh, March of last year. I'd never, I'd not flown. Yeah. And I was flying into Louisiana, which mm-hmm. is one of the big old hot spots. Yeah. Um, so I just did, I did my extra precautions. I wore, I was double masked. And I wore little plastic gloves at the airport and, uh, and didn't take my mask off, certainly not on the plane. And was just, I just tried to be as careful as I could. And then the event that I went to, uh, they required everybody to either be vaccinated or to show proof of a recent negative test. Yeah. So I didn't feel so bad about that. And then, I mean, the other piece of that was you know I wasn't at home I had to eat somewhere yeah so lunch um, lunch we brought in and we ate salads and little sandwiches and stuff but we went out for dinner and New Orleans is doing such a good job so the tables were far apart uh, we were only 
having supper with people that we that we knew and we had talked to them, you know, about their status. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just felt, I'm going to tell you, it felt weird to be sitting there, not in my home with a mask off. It just felt weird. Mm-hmm. But you know me, I, I eat like a wolf pup. <laughs> so there wasn't none of that, you know, pull your mask up, take a bite and chew. I just, <laughs> so that's, um, that's what it was. And, and I was real conscious about leaving a big tip for the wait staff. Yeah. And I mean, Moreland's just, it didn't feel like itself. Mm. And I've been there several times and I, I love it. It's a big old messy, filthy, full of life city. Yeah. And there just came a point on Sunday is when it really hit home. Because we were mostly inside this big old hotel for this event. Yeah. Well, we decided to break down the table and take it back to our hotel so that once the whole thing was done, we could just go out to dinner and then and then go on back because I had a really early flight the next morning. Hmm. And to be out on the street, it was a Sunday afternoon in New Orleans, and it was, it was a lot of tourists. And the thing I will never understand is people just leaving their trash on the damn street. They just... <laughs> They like finish whatever their little plastic hand grenade drink was and just drop it in the road. That's, I mean, who does that? Uh, That's I, just nasty. I don't know who does that. This is ridiculous. Where were those people raced? And there were trash cans everywhere. And granted, they got full really fast, which may mean that what New Orleans really needs to do is put out more trash cans or collect trash more often. I don't know. But I mean, who does that? I who walks up to a full trash can and then just throws their garbage down on the street? <laughs> That's just, I mean, ugh. Anyway. The same but, people, no, you know, I was tempted. I almost went there. Never mind. <laughs> well, so they, the people just seemed like, just seemed empty and soulless. Oh. Like they had come to this happy, wild city, and the city was subdued. And like everybody's aura was pulled in real tight. Mm. And I don't know, I, I looked some people in the eye, tourists in the eye, and they just didn't seem to be any there there. I'm not saying they were zombies, but they just didn't see much behind their eyes. Now the people of New Orleans, the staff at the hotel, staff at the restaurants, all those people seem like, you know, they'd batten down the hatches and here we are, we're a tourist town, what are we going to do? And Asheville knows that well enough, doesn't Oh, it? yeah, absolutely. You, just, you know, if you're going to survive the winter, you got to get some people in here now. Yep. But they just, everybody just seemed grief-stricken and exhausted. Shell-shocked? Yeah. Hmm. Even though they were kind and they were friendly and pleasant, they just seemed like they were having to endure something nobody would have should ever have to endure mm. and it was heartbreaking it really was so uh, that was a long way around to tell you that yes i started out scared about flying and then my heart got broken in new orleans though it was a really good festival i really enjoyed it met some new people saw some old friends it was just good so the flying back didn't seem nearly so scary because I'd done it once. And then I'm flying out of here. Well, by the time y'all hear this, I'll be gone again. 
I'm going up to do this long, long festival up in Minnesota. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'll be packing for that since we finish up here. Wow. And then I'm off again. Is Now, so, is that the fiddle one? No. No, I'm not going to that this year. Um, I, in fact, i got to be honest with you. Between me and you and the whoever is listening to this, I wouldn't go to this thing in Minnesota if I hadn't already told them I'd be there. Because mm. I would be here at home battening down the hatches. Mm. And that's just the truth of it. Because this thing is kicking our butts. Yeah. It's getting, it's, it's getting ready to get wild. And batting down yeah. the hatches is exactly the right thing to do. And, yeah. you know, just remember you had some good times the last couple of months. And now it's going to be one of those winners. So my winner is going to be productive this year. It is. Yeah, what are you going to do this winter? I'm going to do weird gal stuff, and I'm going to be productive. I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I, I know what to expect. I know that I'll have plenty of time in one place instead of flitting around from here and here and here. So I'll make the best of it. I will. Well, that sounds, that sounds good. Yeah, I've got some, I've, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out life without, doing too much with my hands yeah and still working in a little keyboard every now and then i'm not sure what yeah i'm not really sure what i'll be doing to be productive in other words it's like i'm pretty sure it's not going to be knitting (laughs) oh yeah yeah I, I, i doubt i'll be chopping a lot of vegetables because and so see it's kind of it's like, well, I want to put some stuff up. I might dehydrate a few things. We'll see. We'll just see what ends up happening. Something will. It always does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly, bum. I got some corn today. Did you? Pretty good price on pretty good corn. And uh, I already shucked it, uh, parboiled it, and froze it. I'm going to go out maybe tomorrow and get some more. Oh. If I get packed tonight, I'm going to go out and get some more tomorrow. Because we love corn. You know, in January, nothing tastes as good as corn on the cob that you uh, put by, you know, in August. I know it. So that's good. And then I've got a, I've got a ton of raspberries and blackberries. And I guess that's all in the freezer that have to be turned into jam at some point. Yep. The, i got to get would, on that. I, I heard that the blackberries this year were really, really good. Have you heard anything? Uh, yeah, we have probably a couple gallons of blackberries just from our property and you know picking around oh yay yeah good that good stuff good. and we've got tons of raspberries because you know we got canes here so joe just kept picking every day he'd come in with a big old well about uh, between a pint and a quart every day oh yeah it was good it's hard so not to just eat with them. all of them isn't it hard to just not eat them to just well it is, but I know how good they're going to taste when they're jelly too. So, That's but I, you know, we ate them too. We ate them, uh, ate them in our oatmeal and cereal. And Joe eats yogurt a lot, so he ate some in yogurt. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. <laughs> Nothing's as good as a fresh, very warm from the sun. Oh Nothing. yeah. Mm-mm-mm. That's one of my favorite things to do, is to just stand there and pick and eat. I love to eat. Of course, you know what? That's another thing I've got in common with Selby. That's how he got his name. Now, I call him Selby, but Craig calls him Huggy Bear. 
Huggy Bear. Uh, and the reason he calls him that is because they were out out camping somewhere out around Pisgah, I think. And they were around a bunch of blackberry bushes. And Selby is the one who always does breakfast when we camp. Or, when, oh. or actually, I usually do yeah. breakfast, but I wasn't there. This was a guy weekend with the guys kind of thing. And I guess they found him. He had wandered off to go get some berries for the pancakes he was going to make. And he was just standing there. He found a big bush. They said he was just standing there like a big Winnie the Pooh, almost hugging the tree, just eating from the bush. Just yum, 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 yum. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> you know, I can almost see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he camps, he gets all smiley, you know. <laughs> oh, I bet, because he's so relaxed. That's exactly Well, I can remember, and we haven't done it probably in 30, 40 years, but I used to go uh, blueberry picking up at Graveyard Fields with my cousin, yeah. and we'd, we'd have a bucket. We'd have a belt on, and the handle of the bucket was through our belt. Ah. So you could pick with both hands and drop it in the buckets. Yeah. And, and you know you've got to you got to eat eat almost as much as you pick. That's how that works. That is how that works. Actually, I think that's exactly where they were. And that instead of blackberries, I'm gonna change it to blueberries because I think I'm pretty sure that's what they were eating that day. So yeah, yeah. I think you're right. That's that a, used to be a great picking place, and then everybody found it. And oh then yeah, it wasn't. yeah. It's it, that, those days are over out there. That's yeah. just a memory now. Uh, I never did really pick a lot of berries as a child. We picked apples, though, quite a bit. Oh, yes, my goodness. And cherries, when we could find them. And plums. Mm. We used to do that a lot. I, I haven't seen a plum tree in years. There used to be a big old cherry tree kind of within our Roman range when I was a kid. It was over kind of near my cousin's house on Appalachian Way. And... Golly, it was huge at the edge of a pasture. And the owners, you know, I'm going to be honest, I can't remember if the owners said we could pick or if we just picked and didn't think about it. <laughs> but the, then when I got back here from graduate school and I drove out that way, and they had, you know, cut it down and put a house in right oh, that pasture. Oh, that hurts. And I just, I really, I mourned the loss of that. Hmm. Because it was a good, good cherry tree. There's a... There's, You're right. I haven't, I haven't seen a plum tree in years. I haven't either, and I loved plums. And I haven't really had any. Do, do they even sell them? Sell plums? Yeah. Uh, so they're still around? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't know where the plums come from, but... Hmm. I, I don't know, but we're going to put some plum trees down at, uh, over at Weird Mountain. Good. It's going to be part of the orchard is a damson plum tree and a sweet mm. plum tree. Yay! That's, um, yay. Yeah. I grew up with both of those. There was a little damson tree that was all, it was all weasened up and bent over. <laughs> and we thought, when I was a kid, we thought the reason the plums were so sour was because the tree was so bent up and weasened. And we didn't realize they were damson plums, so they're just not sweet. They're just super plummy. <laughs> And then we had a sweet plum tree, and, you know, we haunted that thing. Oh, oh I so love good. sweet plums. I may have told you this before, but 
back in the 70s, the mid-70s, the, the cake, uh, cake du jour, or cake of the year, whatever, uh, would be, the one I remember was a plum cake. Do you remember that cake? Well, I know prune cake, but it, I don't know about a plum cake. I don't think I've ever had plum cake. Plum, I mean, prunes are plums, but, you know. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, was it made with fresh, with fresh plums? No, it was made with baby food, plum baby food. Oh. And, of course, the Gerber wow. plant, there was a Gerber plant out here uh, in uh -huh. Skyland uh, back in the day. And I think it, it did a lot of apples, but it also canned a lot of plums. And that may be why I'm remembering the recipe. But, boy, it went around. And it was a fairly complicated cake recipe, if really? I remember correctly. Yeah, but, boy, was it good. Oh, my. Mm. I'll see you if my mom is. I'll check and see. We may. We might. It's just nobody would, I'm sure, would bother going to the trouble of making that cake nowadays. And I think they, oh, it was some sort of homemade frosting that they'd put on it that was uh, a mix of powdered sugar and butter and something else. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a good cake, though. And it was kind of drizzled on it. So well, uh, as you know, I have my handheld computing device right here. Oh, yes. And there are a bunch of plum baby food cakes. Huh. <laughs> huh. It was. It sounds delicious. It was. They would put uh, pecans in the in it, and some people would put apples, and it would have it just a certain, I don't know, there was just a certain taste to it. It was really good. And I have you ever had a plum pie? Uh, I don't think I have. Um, they're good, too. You know, we would just, huh. whatever crop was in, there. it was called, um, I think it was called a purple plum pie is the one that we used to eat. Oh, that sounds yummy. It was. Ah, uh, finally, we're talking about food again. <laughs> yeah, we can get grounded by talking about food. <laughs> that's because that's my happy place anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, I'm surrounded by food. I I picked elderberries this morning and just put those in the freezer. I put the corn in the freezer. I've got two perfectly ripe avocados that I'm gonna turn into mm. guacamole. Oh yes. I, with you. That sounds so I'm, good. I'm surrounded by food right now, and mm. I just made another pot of coffee because I needed some coffee. <laughs> there you go. You just, you just, you just made me hungry. That guacamole sounds good. I'll have to have some some guacamole too. Mm, I love it, love it, love it. I do too. So let me offer you the use of my dehydrator if you need it. It's, I've got one. Do you? Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. But I, I hardly ever dehydrate because it, that, those damn things run for 24, 48 hours. Yeah, it it's depends. It's a lot of electricity. Well, it depends. I mean, I've got one that is is pretty eco, as eco-friendly as it possibly could be. Let's put it that way. But it's it's got a whole bunch of trays so you can get a big giant amount yeah, but that's the, gonna take more energy to dry. It, I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
Well, the more that's in there, the more it's going to take to dry it. That's just logical, I reckon. Or you but can... yeah, think. Are you going to dry... You use that to dry mushrooms, don't you? I do, yeah, I do. I, dry, I dried up some uh, chanterelles last week to put in soups. Mm, boy, they're good this year. Yes, they are. Big, fat chanterelles this year. I might try putting mm. some in uh, Thanksgiving stuffing. Ooh, oh, uh, that sounds good. It's, it sounds a little mm. weird, but I bet it'll taste good. I bet it will, too. Hey, did you ever know anybody? We did this, so that tells you what kind of white trash we were. Are. Um, we used to lay uh, newspaper down in the back. We had a junk car, of course, mm -hmm. that we stored hay in in the wintertime. <laughs> and in the back window of that car, we would lay down news newspaper and put sliced apples in there to and dry them out. Yes. <laughs> and never thinking twice about letting the apples sit on newspaper, which back then the print on it. I know it. it. <laughs> I know it. And then we and then you string them up. Yep. Well. Yep. I so leather bridge. Leather bridges. We did leather bridges every single year, and I remember when sun dried tomatoes came around, and. I'm saying this with air quotes, sun tea. We were just, we would kind of snigger because that was kind of a highfalutin name for what we'd been doing for many years. And it became so fashionable. You know, sun-dried tomatoes. It's like, well, we're just going to dry them out. And I've seen them dried out on top of a car when the cars <laughs> had metal roofs on the inside like you were talking about. But if the yeah. tomatoes were always done on a metal sheet every single time. Yeah. So, and it's leather britches would go out outside to dry. And they wouldn't necessarily be out in the sun, I don't think. I'm trying to remember. No, they wouldn't. And I have seen people who have dried things in their oven. Yeah. Well, if you've got a gas oven that just... You know, the pilot light's all, always on it. It's always a little bit warm. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, that does. But I don't, you know. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They I make, well, they make solar dehydrators nowadays. I just, where yes, I live. Yes, they do. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I don't have the uh, four or $500 that it takes up front to get one of those. You know, so they're expensive. But, I mean, I could see if I was a restaurant or, or something, that'd be a work, something I, I would do, probably. I guess, but doesn't it feel like you could figure out a solar dehydrator? The problem that I've run into, yeah, I could if I had plenty of time. Okay, I could figure it out, yes. Uh, the problem that I've had, because my mind always goes to solar every time. And, yeah. But the problem is the panel to the conversion unit, that that last mile problem is expensive. And it's also real clunky. It hasn't, it's not, we haven't done it well enough yet. We could do better with it. And of course, I think about wind power and water power too. I, I Back when I was doing a lot more camping, I was thinking about, well, why don't you just take a, a, a paddle, basically, and drop it in the creek here and run a line up from it 
and let that paddle power something. I mean, it could. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt a thing. In my mind, I was going to tell it to uh, heat the tent, you know, like a electric blanket kind of thing on the bottom of the yeah. tent so that you could be warm if you were in a cold environment. And then I thought about all the snakes that would come get under the tent there with you. <laughs> and I changed my mind about that thought. So, <laughs> and, and I, I, see, yeah, that's how, that's how they do though. Oh, they yeah. love it warm. Oh, that's, ew, I can tell you some stories It's that are creepy. I, I don't mind living in the world with snakes. I don't obsessively fear them or anything like that, like a lot of the gals in my family do. But I know how they act, and I don't have any desire to get up in their territory. No, yeah. I like to leave them to their own business. Yeah. yeah. They got I, business of their own. Yeah, and the thing is, we live in an environment that really needs them. And they've been around yeah. us. They're close around us all the time in this area yeah. and we don't think twice about it because we don't see them because they don't bother us so i'm not going to bother them either is kind of where no, I'm i mean they're important every critter is important in the food chain mm -hmm. whether we like them or not is immaterial mm -hmm. well they often live around mushrooms out and so selby is finally gonna he was telling me he's going to invest in some i don't know what you would call them chaps or something that go around your legs and I think he's going to maybe, I don't know, he's talking about something for his hands. And I, I'm good with that idea. Because he's always getting in these places that don't really have a name, way off trail. And it'd be easy to run up against something. You know, he's just yeah. been lucky so far. Accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. You don't want to reach down for a sweet little mushroom and grab a sweet little copperhead. No, and you could. Or or disturb a sweet little copperhead because they are, I don't know, they just seem like they're more ill. They are. More, e more easily, dis uh, I don't know what I'm trying to more easily angered than those, you, know, you see the big old rattlesnakes and they warn you. You know, you're, you're yards away from them and they go, uh-uh. Do you see me over here? Right, and I'm it just, terrifies I'm just me. I'm right here. I'm just here. Yep. Hear this sound? Yeah. Yeah. My my blood runs cold when I'm out in the woods, and all of a sudden I hear that warning rattle. I freeze instantly, and it's my blood runs cold. And then and, you look around. Yeah. Am and, I going forward or backwards or I, sideways? That's the problem. Once I freeze, that rattle stops, and I'm afraid to move yeah. again. <laughs> but I've I've had it I've had it happen a number of times. But I use a stick. I've got that big, tall walking stick. And I don't go anywhere that the stick hasn't already gone. And that's my rule. See, that's smart. Well, I'm sure yeah. I miss a lot of things that Selby would catch. But his eyes are better than mine. And I'm just not, not going to take a chance with it. I mean, yeah, oh, no, no. Yeah. Especially you don't want to when you're, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. you, you hiked in for three or four miles. That mm -hmm. means you got to hike out for three or four miles. Right. If, if you, yeah, yeah, exactly. you usually don't have a signal well, in the mountains. And I, yeah, oh, yeah, and there's never a signal for your phone. That's it. Because infrastructure. 
Yeah, um, I remember hiking, I don't remember where we were now, somewhere, maybe out in Pisgah National Forest, and a lot, a lot of coverage, so it was, it was cool hiking, and it was beautiful and green, like the height of the summer, and a lot of uh, coverage, you know, there wasn't a lot of sunshine, and there was, we noticed this big shaft of light that came, came across at a diagonal, and it hit right at the base of this beautiful oak tree. So we're all like, oh, isn't that beautiful? Oh, oh, and then we look to where it ended on the ground, and there's a big old rattlesnake. Ooh. Just coiled up, wasn't rattling, and it was far from us. Uh, it was just coiled up like, ah, oh, sunshine. Ah. Oh. Yeah. And we, we all just kept walking, oh, yeah. kept walking. Oh, yeah. Well, we I think- We admired it and moved on. I think, I think it's common knowledge that the hotter it is, the more aggressive the animal life is, especially the snakes. Especially the snakes. And so, well, like. And human, humans also get more aggressive the hotter it gets. And stupid. And, or well, was that yeah, the snake? Yeah, we're stupid all the time. Do we get more stupid when it gets hot? Oh. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals. W-Y-R-D.